Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. Steve at Kyle Reese. Let me give you a couple quick questions about this preseason game, Kyle. We get into it. Mike Cliss said, yeah, the weather may have some sort of impact. Do starters need to play in this game, yes or no, and why? I think they need to play a little bit. If you watch the... Uh the Colts and the Eagles last night, you got a little bit of burn out of Anthony Richardson. And so the teams that are new, new systems, I think they need to get a little bit of burn. You think Russ needs some time? I think so. Keep going. Why so? Momentum, right? You, you felt like you had a good game last week. You want to build on that. A better game. Jerry Judy's absence for the first few weeks of the season will benefit who the most? Uh, whoever they pick up off the street. Oh, you, whoever, think you think whoever, that's coming? Yeah, whoever they sign in, whoever they sign in his absence. I don't think you can. I don't think the guys on this roster. You know, you were able to do that a little while ago, but at this point, you got to find somebody. If Alberto plays well, I assume he will play tomorrow night. Does he make the team because of the Judy injury? He makes eighteen, not this one. They're letting him go no matter what. They got they got too many guys in that room that that you like better. I think Alberto made the team because of Judy's injury. You do. I do. Okay. I think you need weapons, and I think Alberto's a weapon. And you just lost a weapon. I think it's good news for Kendall Hinton in particular about Judy's injury. I think that keeps him on the team. And then you got to, you know, Callaway or little Jordan Humphrey. We'll see. And then it's likely cut time for Montreal Washington and Taylor Grimes. Yeah. Uh, but they should both, both of them should be on the Broncos practice squad. Grimes so, especially. Um, you know, Grimes, Grimes had an interesting path during training camp. Started out super hot, but just hasn't really clicked in a game, but should have ample opportunity um, Saturday night. And somebody is on the, uh, the, the, the text line, and they're saying, hey, the weather's not really supposed to be this bad. And I sort of peruse things. We'll talk to Chris Bianchi. Coming up after five, we're going to get a weather report. Can you believe that? We're from gonna, a real weather from man, a real, KJ. A real weather guy, not a phony weather <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, gosh, man, this whole phony sitting behind a board. Gosh, what? hey, KJ, if um, if if you're doing your impersonation of DMAC doing the weather, what would it sound like? Uh, 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 <laughs> you, you know, this rain, uh, man, it's really coming down out there, man. It is, man. This is. Man, you want to talk about cats and dogs? You, you you want to talk about cats and dogs? That's what you describe as the weather here in Denver, Colorado today. But still, you guys are driving through it. You're fighting through it. You're listening to the drive on your way home, and we appreciate you guys so much. That is I what rode I'm, my that bike. Is, that is, <laughs> there you go. I rode my bike in. I rode my bike. Oh, you want to you take a shot at it? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just I, riding I, I, away. I, I was just bike. riding away. What no, else? no, it, the mic was what hot. Else? It was hot. I'm not going. <laughs> Why would Russell Wilson ever get benched by Sean Payne? There are commentators that think that is a possibility. I think it's crazy, but you'll hear the explanation of it coming up next. You're listening to The Drive on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, it's uh, DMAC, uh, Coach Kyle Reese. And uh, thanks for listening on this soggy day. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. It's a little bit of a break from the hot weather we've had. And it looks like it'll be more overcast than rainy tomorrow. 
So maybe not exactly like this. And there's people on the RamosLaw.com text line, which are, hey, I work outside. It's not that bad. And what do we care about this, that? Hey, man, it's cool. I get it. You're the toughest people on earth. Little rain's not going to get in your way. I just think for the Broncos, Kyle, (laughs) the last thing they need is to put starters out there in any kind of inclement weather and take any kind of unnecessary risk. I don't think they were going to play all that much in the first place. But, you know, whether or not it's actually raining, forget it. You don't need it at this point. It's just probably a little bit of a bummer that you didn't have a preseason game. I don't know, your second game, you had two in a row on the road. But I don't care. Does it matter to you? If any of the starters actually play? No, it's it's a bummer. I would agree with you in that they shouldn't, but it's a bummer that you haven't seen your entire offensive line together yet. So those well, kind of things. Well, you did yesterday. You, yeah. did, you did yesterday. McGlinchey was out there. You, you saw everybody together yesterday yeah. for a bunch. Yeah, and I guess I guess that counts as live action. I mean, they're live reps. They're going. They're not. They're when they get beat or they're there's. They're running at you. Yeah. I mean, they're not hitting the quarterback. They're not hitting Russ. Yeah. But they're Golden hitting. Goose is still protected. Yeah, man. I mean, they're still going through you. They they did. I don't know, man. I guess it doesn't really, really count if you know your quarterback can't get hit. Uh, maybe it's not quite the same effort. Yeah. But it goes, it begs the bigger question, Kyle. How much football do you need to play to play football? Well, we always say in the business, right, you get better at playing football by playing football. And so you have to be out there to do it. I, I, I would, man, I wouldn't be upset with one series. I, I know you're, I, I understand the injury thing and I understand the weather and all those things, but I would like, I would be okay with one series. What do you think that would, what, what do you think that would accomplish? I, I, I just, I would like to see that offensive line in that stadium together, uh, establishing the communication, getting something going in the run game, having to communicate pass protection. There's a lot of things that go into it, but that that's something that I, I'm going to hate that is going to have to happen in their first game against Las Vegas. All right, here is uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Now, this is wild, thinking about benching Russell Wilson. I would be shocked if Russell Wilson was the starter for 17 games this season, and here's why. The conversations that Sean Payton is having with ownership is year one is about culture and accountability. It's Bill Parcells' approach, and he's going to see Russell Wilson as an opportunity to hold players accountable. And when there's a bump in the road, Greeny, what's going to happen is he's really talking to Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles, the young nucleus of this team, to say the standard is the standard, and if I bench Russell Wilson, I can bench you. And I know the way Sean thinks. The, he, I'm just telling you, if Russell Wilson has the smallest bump in the road, he will be benched, and Sean's going to look at it as an opportunity to set the culture and the standard moving forward. Tannenbaum goes on. But here's why. Here's, here, yeah, here's Sean Payne's mindset, Dan. I didn't trade for him. I didn't mm-hmm. pay him. And mm-hmm. I'm going to find a better quarterback that works for us. So I'm under no mm-hmm. pressure to make Russell Wilson work. What I am under pressure to do is set the culture here. And that's why it's an opportunity for me to hold Russell Wilson accountable in the most transparent way, which is to bench him. What would it take for Russell Wilson to get benched? I, I don't think there's a bar for it. Uh, and I would agree with the texter from earlier you know, outside of 0-17, which is not going to happen. Not going to happen. I, I think it's got to be an extremely low bar in terms of play. Uh, you know, 
maybe for him to get him embarrassed, right? But it's, it's never going to be a situation where he's not going to start a game. You pull him out to protect him from himself. You pull him out to, you know, right. give another guy an opportunity. Let, let me, let me run this past, past you. Go ahead. Let's say, for just the sake of argument, Russell Wilson as a starter gets off to a really bad start as he did in the Christmas Day Massacre in L.A. And it's 17-0 in the first quarter. Do you think Sean Payne would pull Russell Wilson? So not bench him, per se, to start the next game or a game in the future. However, this did happen to Tua a couple years ago. Do you think Sean Payton would pull Russ when the game was still somewhat in control? What stage of the season are we in? Okay, we are. Because this matters, and I'm going to give you context why. I like it. I like it. It is week seven home against Green Bay. Week seven home against Green Bay. Okay. Jordan Love's on fire. Russ has thrown a pick six. It's 17 nothing, with a minute to go in the first quarter. You're pulling Russ. What's the record? They are 3-3. Three and three. No, you play. You play through. They are 2-4. and four. You play through. They're 1-5. You figure. <laughs> now, now you start having that conversation. And here's why I say you play through, especially at 3-3. Three and three. Yeah. If you remember, Peyton Manning and the Broncos were down, I believe, 24 points to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Was it 24 points they were down? That was, I was at that game. Um, boy, it was something like that. It, it was bad. It was something it was like that. They yeah. come back, win that game, and the rest is history. Turn, turn the season yeah. around. So, yep. so you, you, you play through a 3-3 three and three for sure. Now, you get, you're talking 1-5? and five? Yeah, I, okay. I think you pull them. You are 3-6. and six. You are 3-6. and six. Home against Minnesota, same situation. Yeah, you still play through, you st- and because at that point, as you said, you go. The captain goes down with the ship. This this is a this is a burning building, and you, and you got to let it be what it is. You, you're past the point of no return on all of this stuff, D Matt. You are four and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> you play Stidham now. Four, I don't know. You're four and twelve, and you're in Vegas on uh, January sixth or seventh, whenever that's going to be. <laughs> you hit the you, casino, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hell with the game. <laughs> you're four and twelve in uh, Vegas, man. You let it ride. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah. I don't really see a lot of scenarios. Listen, the only time I think they'll pull him out, I, I did think they should have pulled him out on Christmas last year, I, I, because he had gone through concussions. And he had injuries and concussions, and the team had obviously given up, and that's when Dalton Reisner and Rippon are fighting each other on the sideline. I mean, that was just a mess. Like, I would have taken him out in that situation because the season's lost, and I really wouldn't want him to get injured. Right. So it wouldn't be for punishment or to win the game. It'd be more about self-preservation. Yeah, and those are scenarios where guys get hurt when you're starting to question how much guys really want to be out there and whether they care or not. You remove your most valuable asset from that situation. The craziest scenario in Broncos history is when the Broncos were, what, 7-4 and four, and you benched uh, Plummer for Cutler. I mean, you, were, you had a winning record. You yeah. were winning yeah. with Plummer, and you stuck in Cutler after losing a game but still with an overall winning record. But that tells you how much administrative 
uh, influence there is, right? That's what happens when you have a first-round draft pick that you're dying to, to play. There you you make up every reason in the book. I'm trying to see how this thing works. Yeah, it's Jared Stidham, man. He ain't a first-round draft pick. I mean, they're paying him some coin. Qu- quite a bit, actually. But, no. There's no rush to see Jared Stidham. There's none. And when Peyton Manning got pulled out of that Chiefs game when they were down 20 nothing at halftime, and Peyton Manning in 2015 was booed off the field, Peyton Manning was hurt. Peyton Manning had injuries, Kyle. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that's more reasonable. What was the kid's name? Kyle Slovis? Sloter. Sloter, right? Yeah. The same people that would say, I want to see Stidham, are the same guys that were super excited about him after those four Do preseason not. games. Keep Slaughter's name out of your mouth. How dare you? Here, watch your stinking mouth. How dare you besmirch the name of the greatest U- University of Northern Colorado Bear of all time? It's fun to watch, and he made a little career for it. He he, he did a good he's job. He's still bumping around. Is he still bumping? Good for he's, him. He, good for boy, him. you want to talk about a bump around sort of life. Man, I cannot believe you just lumped Kyle Slaughter in with Jared Stidham. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> you better watch your mouth. All right, we'll get your reaction. Do you see a scenario? Can you imagine a situation where the Broncos? I, I can't see it. I don't know what it is. This is the drive on the fan. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents The Drive. Where it began. I can't begin to know it, but then I know it's growing strong. I got some good news about the Denver Nuggets if you want that. Mm. Wasn't the spring. You Nuggets fan there, Kyle? Yeah, man. How could you not be? I don't know, man. I freaking love them. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun this year, man. So much fun. Took me a while. Oh, um, I, really? Yeah, yeah. When did you start believing? I had some nervous moments there, particularly at the end of the season when they lost to Houston and San Antonio in the same game. That was tough. Mm-hmm. Not me, man. You believe the whole time? You stop it. I believe it the entire time. Personal note, our good friend Mike Singer of the Denver Post announced that he will no longer be covering the Nuggets for the Post, but um, I think he'll be around, but I don't know what, but he he gave me a a positive, hey, things are going to be cool, thumbs up behind the scenes, and I was like, okay, good. I did not inquire anything more, but Mike is, uh, man, first class. Ah, dude. There's some talented uh, writers and media people. I won't even use muggles. But there are some talented folks in this town. And he is one of them. And it was just, it was awesome. Um, You know, and I really have enjoyed really digging into the abs and the nuggets. Going to all the games over the past two years. And getting to know folks that, you know, I love everybody on, on the Broncos beat. I have for years and years and years. It's not like I hadn't covered the abs and the nuggets in the past, my 24 years of doing radio here in this uh, awesome city of ours. But it had been a minute. It had been a minute since, I, since I'd done it, since uh, getting back into it. Yeah. And not only were the games over the past two years for the Avalanche and Nuggets just amazing and the athletes incredible to be around, but so are the people that cover the teams, as it turns out. 
And man, my relationships and I've, I've really cherished them. And I real I actually kind of miss it. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> you go you go to these Nuggets games, and it's a hearty crew that will on a Tuesday in February, after you just destroyed the Pelicans, sit around for an hour to sit yeah. there and talk to Nikola Jokic. The Avalanche, Kyle, boy, they uh, they snap right to it. Brendan McNicholas and his crew, they they got it figured out. So it's it's like a race when that game's over to get in the locker room. Who do you need? Three, four guys, boom, 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 boom. You right. got it? You good? You good? You good? Bednar, go. And then you sprint back to the other room, and there's uh, Jared Bednar with a, a steel jaw and a fiery glaze and a three-piece suit just breaking it down. Well, the Nuggets are a whole different deal. Yeah. I remember that being a lot more social. And sometimes it depends on who they were playing. If it was on national TV, sometimes you get some, some cool national broadcasters in. I, I just remember it being a lot. Well, I haven't been down there in a few years, but it's a, it's a lot more social environment. Well, for the Nuggets, it's uh, here comes Coach Malone. And they just, they you know, they relaxed everything in the NBA. Like, nobody wears a suit. Nobody wears yeah, a suit. Yeah, since COVID. Coaches don't wear suits. Yeah. Players don't wear suits. The only guy who wore a suit ever was Jokic. Because he, he was like... And not great ones. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, man. Really? Yeah, hey, listen. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. No, no, yeah, t- tell me. Really? Tell me. You're co-signing that? Dude, I thought he he was resplendent in his dress. Hey, hey expensive, expensive doesn't make it great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Holy cow. Shots well, fired. Yeah, I mean, it's a small critique. I mean, he's still the best basketball player on the planet. Ain't no doubt about that. And it is... Uh, and Mike was... You know, the Nuggets... Crew was uh, had to be a little bit more hardy than the Avalanche crew because it would just take a long time. Jokic would, Jokic would work out. He would dress. Sometimes he would eat. Uh, he would, chill. Yeah, man. Talk, chill. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I think he went home and came back. But I mean, it really went sometimes for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just saying, a hey, it was. I always enjoyed that time to just sit around and chit chat with. You know, the four or five other people that were hanging around. And I just thought it was cool. So, Mike Singer, I think it's going to be good things and we'll see you around. But his days of writing about the Nuggets for the post are done. So, it's just a kind of a weird little moment. And Mike's a great dude. Just want to give him a shout out. In light of that, in terms of surveys out there, Kyle, well, look at this. The percentage of votes. This is on ESPN Plus today. The Denver Nuggets are favored to win the West. Percentage-wise, percentage-wise, can you guess, if you haven't seen this, I hope you haven't actually, can you guess percentage-wise, out of 100, what the Nuggets are percentage-wise in terms of votes? 43. 76. Stop that. 76%. Stop. There, there can't be that many believers all of the sudden. Can you guess who number two is? Just guess. Who do you think is number two? Phoenix Suns. You are correct. At 12%. 76% for the Nuggets in a preseason poll, 12% for the Suns, Warriors at 8%, Lakers at 4%. The Celtics haven't popped up on that list yet. Where are they? Well, that's the West. Okay. We go okay. We go to the East, and it is the Bucks taking the East. Okay. But this is who do you think wins the whole thing? The Nuggets again, percentage-wise, are favored. Can you guess the percentage to win the whole okay. thing? That got to be closer to 43. 48%. Okay. Okay. Now I understand the question. Can you guess second? Suns. Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks. Okay. What do you think the percentage is? If the Nuggets are at 48, what are the Bucks? 28. 
That is exactly. Stop that. That, uh, that is exactly. That is that. Man, is we just made radio magic just now. Soothsayer right there. Yeah, Are no you kidding me? <laughs> you just took me aback. What they call that, ESP? To ESPN. <laughs> so specifically, the Nuggets at 48% and the Bucks at 28%. Uh, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we, are you ready? You're not. Are you ready for the Nuggets to be the hands-down favorite, the end, period, national TV, all the time, nobody taking them lightly, featured on Christmas Day, opening the season? Are we ready for the Nuggets not to be overlooked whatsoever? All that means is that uh, Jokic is going to come out at like 2 o'clock in the morning now to do the post-game presser. He can do because whatever. they're going to play on TNT uh, hey once a week. Hey, man, let me tell you something about Yoke, okay? Let me tell you something about Yoke. That dude doesn't change his habits for anything. Whether, dude, whether they win, they lose, they win a championship. You know, I know he uh, wants to stay on parade, as he said. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> and now that I think of it, I'm having the time of my life. That's right. I, <laughs> I said I don't want to stay on parade. I curse word want to stay on parade. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm with him, too. I'm excited for it. I, kn- I knew when I asked him about the parade, I knew I knew he wouldn't know when the parade was, and I knew he would be upset that it was on Thursday. <laughs> it was Monday. <laughs> got to get home. It. I got to get, get home. home. Man, what are we doing? And, man, that is right around the corner. As much as we're into, obviously, um, uh, the Broncos and what they've got, yeah. to think that the Avs are around the corner, the Nuggets are around the corner, and I don't know, man, it is going to be wild, Kyle. Yeah. To go into a basketball season where the team that you love the most is favored to win by the most. And what will pressure do to a team in terms of that? I, I think they've got the right person leading it in terms of the Joker because he's he's cool. He's cool as a cucumber, man. And, and I'm looking forward to it because I think the Nuggets actually deserve their time in the sun. Right? This this not it wasn't fluky. Like they are actually a really good basketball team and, and fun to watch and I just hope the health stays intact so that we can we can get everything out of this season. I I'm super excited about it. You are taking some shots though on the text line about your about the suit? Uh, about your sectorial uh, criticism of Nikola Jokic, KJ. That is outrageous. I can't believe what came out of his mouth. I mean, I, I, what is he talking about? I, I mean, oh, wait, me? wait, wait, wait. well, I mean, oh, you're, me? you're you're ripping on the the suit and the the, the fashion selection of Nikola Jokic. I Listen, thought that was next level last year. I, I, his suit made several NBA commercials last year. Uh, yeah, so did Russell Westbrook. That doesn't mean it was good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What are you talking about? I just i I didn't, and I know it's hard to get a suit for a seven foot, damn near seven foot guy. I am pretty sure everything's custom made. Yeah, that, he, it doesn't make it great. Oh my god, <laughs> it's nothing but the finest of linens, <laughs> Egyptian cotton, <huh? laughs> Egyptian cotton, Peaky Blinders. I mean, really? You really thought it was yeah, like okay? You're playing, maybe a little bit. Okay. This is the drive. I'm a fan. <laughs> It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Just heard that uh, Cecil promo about uh, Jonathan Taylor. D-Mac with Kyle Reese. Um, okay, but... I'm seeing an article by, let's get his name right. Oops, sorry about that. Destin Adams. 
who is a writer for uh, in Indianapolis. He's a beat writer for the Colts, Kyle. Okay. And he's saying that it's really down to one team in this Jonathan Taylor deal. And it's the Dolphins. That's it. Yes, yeah, which, which everybody sort of knew. So the interest level for the Broncos with Jonathan Taylor must be, I mean, muted at best. So to whatever degree they're interested, even the Dolphins offer, who is the consensus team that they are offering the most, apparently is not even good enough for the Colts. Um, as I'm reading here, Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, called the Dolphins offer the Colts a reasonable offer. And with the state of the running back market where it is, situation between Taylor and the Colts looking uglier every day, the Colts writer is saying, I think his assessment is accurate. The problem is the Colts do not feel the same way. A team source shared with me that the offer made by the Dolphins, never mind the Broncos, this is the Dolphins who are the most interested, didn't meet that criteria and in return wasn't even entertained. Doesn't mean it wasn't reasonable. It just didn't meet the Colts' asking price. That price being a package that includes a first-round pick or bundle of picks that add up to that value. Where are you with should the, and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere, but should the Broncos be interested in Jonathan Taylor? I don't think the Broncos should because I think they need to hold on to their first-round picks. Now, I, I I just think there's too much value in that. I do find it a little funny. Tell me if you agree with me. Mm-hmm. That NFL franchises, I'll just say the Colts, they don't want to pay the man, right? Mm-hmm. But they want to still place a first-round grade <laughs> and value on him. You, <laughs> That's well, funny. You, you, I want That's you funny. to pay me like that, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to pay him like that. Right. That's this is good. a funny game that we play. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's pretty funny. They don't value him as much as they think. Well, I guess what they want is for you to overpay. True. So they, they are telling you we don't actually we actually don't think he's worth the first rounder. We don't. But if you give it to us, well, maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're gonna do it. I mean, you know. Uh, I don't know if my house is worth that much, but if you're willing to pay for it, hey, there's, there's back a up the U-Haul every day. That I just I think it's crazy. I, listen. Uh, the, Miami is an interesting proposition because I mean they're they're loading up for bear man they really are and from a talent standpoint to add him to that roster I think puts them amongst the front runners in the AFC. Well, this must be a sobering moment for a player to be given permission by his team. Hey, you think you're worth something? Go get it. Go for it. Let, we'll check in with you later. But you, you you really think you're worth that much money? Well, why don't you uh, why don't you go prove it? And then he, he, he's, he's looking at it. They're, they're searching it. Nobody's all that interested. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. He's coming off a down year, too. But he was injured. Yeah. Well, that happens to running backs. Yep. Yep. It's kind of like the Carfax report came back, right? You got a dent in it. Well, it's a fair <laughs> question. Like, if you're so not, good. I mean, B. John Robinson went high. I mean, it's not like running backs don't go in the first round, but not many. Not many go in the first round. Right, but then what happens, right? You get what you can on that rookie deal, and you move on. That's right. Right? That's right. And and that's really the formula for all of the NFL, right? You, if you got if you can get the max out of these guys in that first four years, 
and, and continue to turn and burn. It's what's happening in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It happened for Russell Wilson. So, you know, you get the max out of them in three or four years, and, and you keep burning from there. Yeah, so why exactly, if that's what the plan is, and that's most teams' plan, why in the world would any team give up the first-round draft pick? Yeah, you shouldn't. It's bad business. It's bad business. It stinks for Jonathan Taylor and I don't know if the Broncos. Listen, when I'm reading this, I, I really do wonder if, 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 in terms of the Broncos, if it was anything more than, hey, it's George Payton to Chris Ballard. How you doing? What's going on? What do you want? Oh, you want that? Okay. It's been nice. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. I, I, I like the <laughs> two know. I got, and I like the price I got him at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. No, and, and by the way, why wouldn't every GM pick up the phone and just say, all right, what do you got? Yeah. What, what, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah. How the wife kids? Just yeah. checking in. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you think? Uh, we need a first and a third, yeah, or we need a second and a fourth and a fifth that add up to a first. Uh, I was like, oh, all right, well, uh, I got to go. See you Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that, that takes like five minutes out of any GM's life. Why, why wouldn't he pick up the phone and do that? See you at the taste of the NFL. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yeah, see you later. I guess you, you do got to kick the tires on it. But the Broncos, I, I think, are, uh, feel good about their running back situation, especially if they can get anything from a, a change of pace si- situation from uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. That's got to be exciting. What do you think about Jaleel? Exciting. Exciting. I, I think he fits that role um, that we've seen Sean Payton kind of mold that running back by committee. And then you got the change of pace guy. You could have your Mark Ingram and you could have your Pierre Thomas. But then you've got Darren Sproles who – really causes defense's problems. So I think this is starting to come into come into focus a little bit. And it and it's a value add. Like it like this is a bonus piece. You weren't you weren't counting on this. Come on, man. You found some money on the street. How much do you use them though? What do you do? So you got them, you like them, makes the fifty three, what are you doing with them? Yeah, you know a text you see, hey, you want to see Jaleel McLaughlin tomorrow? I think, he, I think he's made this roster. I don't think you do. We're not playing Jaleel McLaughlin. Well, and then that begs the question, then who do you play, right? Man, I was right. thinking about that the other day. Like, this is, we're getting into some hairy territory. Maybe we just need to run and clock and uh, just. Uh, get this thing over with. Get, get it Blow over Blow the whistle. With. I mean, hey, everybody, look at the scoreboard. Cool. Go get some uh, easy to find nachos. Get in the, uh, with the, the brewery, bourbon something other club. I don't know. And find finding $5 per mic. You know, class. and we're going to keep this sucker open for two hours and just keep this clock rolling. Everybody see it? Got it? Got it? Got it? Good? Go. Yep. yep. See you on the tenth. We'll see you on the tenth. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to see any more from Jaleel McLaughlin. You? I definitely do not. I. I don't know if I need to see more from. I, I guess there's only one guy at this point that I guess I could see a little bit more from, and that's Albert O. I guess, but I mean the Rams aren't going to play anybody. I mean, I mean McVay never plays anybody. Yeah, but Albert O is number. Four, maybe? Well, I don't know, man. I mean, he had, a, he had a good couple days. He had a good couple days. Okay. Good enough to pass who? Well, Nate Adkins is ranked ahead of him right now, which feels okay. ridiculous. So he's four. Well, he would be four. Yeah. I mean, so you would have, when Manhurts has been injured, and he may, man, I, he is a big dude, but he is a big blocking tight end, yeah. and big blocking tight ends can get hurt. And he has been hurt. So I, th- I think Alberto actually kind of breezes on the team unless you really like Nate Adkins. 
but how many great yeah. plays did Nate Atkins make out there? He, he played okay last game, but I think he's probably a more willing special teams guy and a more versatile special teams. So he's, he's got a little bit of an edge there. I don't think he's a better tight end, no. But can he do other things for you? Well, here we go. This is the big question in football. When are we getting to the point in football where it's positionless positions? Yeah. When, when you just don't really care if a player can do the traditional role of certain positions. Yeah, and there are certain things that have lost value. Like kickoff team, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? That's, that's not happening anymore, right? Who cares? So it's about punt. And that's really about it. <laughs> All right. I guess. I mean, the the rules for kickoffs, and I'm kind of obsessed with special teams. I I just love the nuance and the minutia of it, and I think it's overcomplicated so often. But what you're going to see because of this new fair catch rule, you're going to see see two really interesting things. Kyle, you're going to see pop-up kicks landing not at the five-yard line, which they tried to do so you could just (laughs) crush that guy. Right. You're going to see pop-up kicks at the 20-yard line. They're going to try to catch guys by surprise because everybody kind of moves up except for the returner. They're going to try to pop them up and land them so he's, like, running onto the ball so he'll make a mistake. That's exactly what happened to Jaleel um, in the preseason game. It's like shifting the outfield in baseball. Well, that's what's going to happen. And the second thing they're going to do, which is going to be wild if teams can master it, and I've seen him working on it um, at Dove Valley, and it's it's a crazy kick. But it, the concept is to just kick a line drive about ten feet in the air. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. wild because think it's about like a little buzz kick, like like can I kick yeah. this ball ten feet in the air for like forty straight yards? Okay. And and the thinking behind that is you can't fair catch that ball. It's coming in too hot. It's coming in too hot. Okay. And I've seen the Broncos kickers work on it, and it is a trip. It's coming in hot and it's probably coming to a lesser skilled guy. Well, it's going to, what do you do if a ball is like screaming at your head? Are are you going to be skilled enough just to get out of the way? And if you get out of the way, do you know where that ball's actually going to land? Right. Where's it going to be? And because you can't fair catch it, because it's a screaming line drive, then you have to try to return it. This kind of makes it fun, though. Oh, my God. I'm about it. I think teams are going to, I think it's going to basically. Change kickoff so much. If a team can get this down, what a weapon! Sure, but think here's here's where it could go sideways. You hit a screamer, you don't get it ten feet in the air. You just hit it three feet in the air, and it bounces off somebody. But then you know now the other team's got the ball like at midfield. Right, right. It, it, there's going to be some backfiring happening, but uh, and for Sean Payton in particular, right, the infamous onside kick in the Super Bowl, he's not afraid. To have some wrinkles in the special teams game, so which would it makes perfect sense that they're out there practicing that kind of thing. They're trying to buy that five yards back that was surrendered by the mm-hmm. by the touchback deal. So this is yeah. a new rule. I don't know if many people are aware of it. And I talked to uh, Ben Kotwika, Kotwika, special teams coach, and I love this dude. Usually, you talk to these special teams guys, Kyle, and they are unhinged. They they are lunatics. Yeah, <laughs> they they are. I and mean, we have had our share. From Tom McMahon to Jody Camillus to um, Brock Olivo to uh, Dwayne Stukes last year. Straight straight energy drinks all day long, huh? They are just running at 1,000 miles Mm. per hour. They are just lunatics. But this dude, and and it's overseen by Mike Westhoff, who is 
Um, old school guy. Old school guy, super experienced. So I love where the Broncos are with their special teams coaching. To me, it makes a ton of sense. I think Jaleel got caught the other day trying to do a little too much, and that does make me nervous on kickoffs because, really, Kyle, what are we thinking about on kickoffs? Just catch the ball or let it go into the end zone, and you can always just fair catch it, and it's going to be at the 25-yard line. There you go. But sometimes teams get, you know, get a little stars in their eyes because he did take one back for 44 yards. And you want to make a play and you want to make a splash. How bad do you need to make a play, though? Let's if, say, if let, you're Jaleel McLaughlin. Yeah, man, let's, or, say, let's, say, let's say this. Let's say this. Help me with this. You get the ball at your goal line as a coach, okay? As a coach. Let me, let me give you – it's not Overland, my man. I'm giving you a team that I'm putting $150 million on the field or whatever they cost, $130 million, okay? That's your offense. That's the total cost of your offense. Your kick returner, that dude makes like $200,000 a year. That's, that's way too low. $500,000 a year. Stay in your lane, minimum. He makes $500,000 a year. You know who's standing on the sideline? $130 million. Again, that's $500,000, and right over there is $130 million. Who do you want making the biggest decisions out there with the football? Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, ball, that ball gets kicked in the air. Yes. And that and by the way, that guy making five hundred thousand, he's twenty two years old. Right. Okay. And there's a and there's probably eight of them sitting at the house, right? So I we can get a new one of those real quick. So we sure you're positive. Yeah. Because if he just waves his hand in the air and catches the ball, the ball starts at the twenty five yard line. Now if he does something extraordinary, the ball starts at the forty four yard line. How much are you willing to risk for nineteen yards? How much you? How big of an advantage do you think it is for the once in every twenty returns for a nineteen yard advantage? You're telling me that hundred and thirty million dollar pile of grown men can't get you nineteen yards? You sure? That's going to be the difference. And there's a and and what's the difference? And there's about forty nine and a half million dollars between the two players. You said. Yeah, yeah. D- doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Let's it let's let's matter. break it down. This dude makes five hundred thousand. Russell Wilson makes forty million. Yeah. Five hundred thousand, forty million. But you do get nineteen yards. Just get us the ball, son. <laughs> get us the ball. Matter of fact, get down, get out, and and let the grown man take it from here. And right. Let the adults take it from That's here. kickoff. Now yeah, punt I get punt, it. punt is a little bit more interesting. Punt is a little bit of a different character, okay? Not much, but a little bit different. Because a punt return is a way more interesting play. It's way more interesting, but it can get you cussed out faster, right? Because the defense, if you screw it up and your defense has to go back out on the field yep. after they've done their yep. job. And that's right. what happened in the Niners, and there good for go. the Broncos for making a play. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But again, this is why I this is why I actually do love special teams, because it could be so simple and so well sort of organized and boy oh boy of the Broncos. Screwed that up for years. They're going to be better in that department. I have no doubt about it.